0: Good evening. My name is Caitlin Lutz. I work at the Office of the Alumni Association, planning educational programs for alumni, parents, and friends of the university. It is great to have you all here with us tonight. I'm very pleased that we are concluding this course and that all of you have come out for the final lecture. Tonight we are going to be hearing from Carl Brown speak about Imperial Overstretch, the United States and the Middle East, 1991 to the present. Yes, actually the years I'm going to try to cover tonight are exactly that, 1991 to 2007. And let me just briefly note the major categories or major rubrics of things that took place during that period of time. There was the end of the Cold War, the first Gulf War, Saddam Hussein's uh, invasion of Kuwait and Operation Desert Storm getting, uh, uh, getting the Iraqis out of Kuwait. They followed up with the Madrid Conference and another goal, yet another effort at trying to settle the Arab-Israeli confrontation. Throughout this time period, there's the emergence of what we now call Al-Qaeda and the activities of Osama bin Laden. 1993 brought the American policy of dual containment, of no longer playing the balance of power game, as it was said, between Iraq and Iran, but putting the squeeze on both of them, containing both Iraq and Iran, as would be rogue states, or what but much later come to be called two-thirds of the axis of evil. There is, of course, uh, 9-11, 2001, the immediate follow-up of U- US-led Overwhelmingly, the U.S. action to uh, th- uh, throw out the uh, Qaeda, to, I guess you would better say disperse Al-Qaeda and to overthrow the Taliban regime in Afghanistan. And, of course, March 2003, the American-led, overwhelmingly American invasion of Iraq that continues to this day. And, taking us right up to the present, talk and concern about whether it is now in the in the books well talking concern about what do we do about our situation in Iraq, go, stay, if stay in what form. And also the question of whether we will be engaged in essentially the same preemptive action against Iraq's neighbor Iran. Not to mention also the upcoming Annapolis meeting Concerned with resolution of the Arab-Israeli confrontation. Now, I'm going to deal necessarily, uh, arbitrarily, with sort of each one of those points uh, 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 in turn. Say a little bit about them. That that's, that clearly breaks down. That violates the ongoing reality that almost all of these things were taking place simultaneously and. Washington policymakers were dealing with them concurrently or not dealing with them uh, concurrently. But let's just try to break down these various categories and, and see a little bit about it. First, the end of the Cold War. This clearly is a major uh, uh, change in the whole focus of, uh, of American uh, Concerns and policy in the Middle East because, as, as we said from the very first lecture, the over the larger context in which American policy and actions t- took place beginning in 1947 and rather up until the end of the Cold War was just that the, the confrontation of these two superpowers, of these two systems, the United States as leader of the West and the Soviet uh, uh, Union and its various uh, satellites. Now that's over. Does it make a difference? Of course it makes a difference. We'll see it immediately uh, in the, uh, 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 the, Iraq, uh, the Iraq invasion, uh, our reaction to Iraq's invasion of, of, uh, of Kuwait in 2001. Uh, the situation has, has changed enormously. Yet, Just keep in mind, I think I will be arguing uh, on a general level that there was not really beyond that much change in our own orientation and focus about why we're in the Middle East, how intensively we need to be involved in the Middle East, what we want to do now in the Middle East, now that there's no longer this clear uh, 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 confrontation of two presumably somewhat uh, uh, equal or certainly uh, powers of, of the same category of standing. And I, I would argue that we didn't give too much thought to this is a brand new situation now maybe certain overall changes are indicated in fact i would argue that instead we uh found ourselves and i'll come to this later at another point found ourselves getting into the notion of we are fated to be uh, a wor- a beneficent global hegemon and so for all uh, intents and purposes we need to be just as much involved in uh, the Middle East as we ever were. On then to <coughs> the 1990, 1991, Saddam Hussein's invasion of Iraq and our response to that. Just to hit the high points. Uh, first, as, as you as you can remember, uh, Saddam Hussein had been uh, ultimately the victor, but very much an exu- of the long, drawn-out, eight-year Iraq-Iran War from 1980 to 1988. But his state his state was a very exhausted state at that time, and he was uh, virtually bankrupt. That led to his effort to uh, change the, you might say, the, not only the geopolitical, but certainly the, the economic uh, rules of the game, by having a quick strike against uh, Kuwait. Uh, recall the uh, very interesting uh, theme in which he called in our ambassador just uh, a day or so before the, th- the thing started, uh, April Gillespie, to, in a sense, take the measure of what the United States' response would be. And he got a, a, a less than, uh, negative response of saying, oh no, don't do that, don't, don't uh, invade Kuwait because uh, uh, we'll, we'll oppose it. Uh, in fairness to April Gillespie, she was uh, uh, surprised by this meeting and she was acting within the framework of what was our fairly nebulous uh, policy on this thing. Our assumption that the most he was going to do was put pressure on Kuwait Maybe, uh, maybe get some kind of debt relief, maybe get some kind of change even with that uh, major oil field in between, uh, shared by both Iraq and Kuwait. Uh, but in any case, he, he gambled on a quick move into Iraq, and the first President Bush uh, uh, very, very quickly took the position, this shall not stand, uh, organized very effectively a coalition, including Arab states including Syria, Egypt, for example, to uh, oust uh, Saddam and, and the Iraqi forces uh, from Kuwait, which was achieved very early on in February-March of 1991. Uh, it was a, an especially effective exercise, not only militarily, but uh, uh, organizationally, in putting together, and diplomatically, in putting together such a coalition, they even the coalition even pretty well totally paid the bills of the war. Something which you don't find in the Second War, by any means. But, of course, it was left, as so many wars are, with a messy situation. Uh, Saddam Hussein was still in power. Uh, the American administration uh, chose not to finish the job, as it were, even though, in fairness, our mandate under the United Nations was not to overthrow the regime. It was simply to expel the Iraqi forces uh, from Kuwait and restore the status quo acting. The thinking at the time was, this is, uh, in fact, even uh, someone like uh, Dick Cheney uh, made the point at the time following policy then of saying getting into Iraq would open up a, a, a basket of worms we're better off uh, avoiding. Uh, and that was the decision, although there was the uh, f- follow-up uh, idea, the projected statement of uh, President Bush saying, suggesting in effect that uh, the Iraqi people will take care of, uh, of the change of regime. On their own. That certainly served to spark a, a, a major outbreak uh, against the regime in the predominantly Shia parts of, of southern Iraq and in the predominantly Kurdish areas of northern Iraq. And of Saddam Hussein's forces using helicopters, armed helicopters, and the other uh, ground forces uh, was able to brutally put down these uh, insurrections uh, in the south and in the north. The uh, uh, American and, and uh, allied response was to establish no-fly zones uh, in both the southern part of the country and in the northern part of the country, setting in motion, among other things, something that we see still percolating to this day, setting in motion the possibility of a de facto autonomous, if not leading toward independent, Kurdish area in Iraq. Uh, a, a, a onerous uh, set of, uh, of sanctions and penalties were placed on the Saddam Hussein regime, including uh, reparations and, and uh, uh, being open to inspection to make sure that all uh, weapons of, of, of mass destruction and, and things of that sort uh, were taken out, that that limped along, was not working very well. Uh, we were probably close to ass- assuming that uh, all such uh, weapons of mass destruction uh, plans had been taken care of, that Iraq was clean of prohibited uh, uh, weapons, when, of all things, uh, Saddam's uh, son-in-law, Hussein Kamel suddenly uh, took his family and uh, departed to Jordan, where he, having been in charge of the chemical weapons program, pretty well spilled the beans of what they'd been up to, which of course served another turning of the wheel for the effort on the part of the um, United Nations san- uh, mandated uh, sanctions to get back to work. Uh, Hussein Kamel, you may remember this rather sad story, uh, had hoped, it seems, to perhaps lead a group that would even a Jordan, that ultimately would come back and, and replace his father-in-law. Uh, but he found he was not terribly well welcomed in Jordan after he told him everything that he knew. And uh, this grundle, he finally uh, worked out that uh, he would take his family and go back to Iraq. A very inj- injudicious decision because as soon as he got there, uh, the Iraqi government announced that the members of the extended family had blotted this uh, uh, stain on their escutcheon and, so, uh, and taken care of Hussein Campbell. So, in a sense, that's just one little indication, the gassing of Kurds back during the Iraq-Iran War, and many other things that can be said, make it absolutely clear that Saddam Hussein's regime is not the kind of regime that any of us want to see survive any longer than it has to. That certainly makes it clear, it seems to me, that the, the effort, the very successful effort of reversing Saddam Hussein's quick stroke of trying to uh, capture Iraq and make it the 13th province, uh, capture Ku- Kuwait and make it the 13th province of Iraq was, uh, uh, was reversed. But we still have Saddam Hussein there. Sanctions do not seem to be working. There is a very murky period throughout the whole 1990s of backing and filling uh, a, a presumed effort to, uh, to assassinate the first President Bush when he, then out of office, uh, made a trip to Kuwait. Uh, there the, the ins and outs, the Hussein Campbell experience and other things. It's, it's, it's not working. Uh, and uh, and in a sense there is a sense of frustration, and also quite understandably, many people uh, in the United States and in the West are very concerned by the way in which the the, the sanctions on Iraq are impoverishing the Iraqi people and causing massive suffering uh, in terms of health and the like, of children and, and and the like, to such extent that there is a Groundswell to say let's let's resolve this thing. Many are saying it's just got to be resolved. Others saying it, 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 it can't be resolved in this murky situation. This man is a is a liar. He's still trying to, uh, to work out uh, 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 weapons of mass destruction and the like. And that's where we are. It's important to re- to re- remind us all of these of this miserable half measure situation. Throughout the 1990s, because it certainly facilitates the thinking and the the planning and the and the uh, the I the, 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 might say the doctrine that comes up later with the neocons and the like of concerning nothing will do but that we get rid of this regime and use a preemptive war to do it. There's at least something to be said about the indeterminate, unsatisfactory nature of the post. 1991, 1991 war to explain the, the rise of what took place later. Moving on to a different subject. Just, just think, it's just place names can tell us in a sense about Arab Israel. Madrid, Oslo, Camp David, Taba, Annapolis. Madrid conference in the fall following the defeat of Saddam Hussein and, and expulsion of his troops from Kuwait. Uh, a, 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 an effort to set in motion that word that has become almost obscene in its, in its lack of utility, yet another peace process leading toward a resolution of the, of the Israeli-Palestinian uh, problem. Uh, that fall- becomes stalemated early on. There's uh, uh, the interesting uh, negotiations about between certain uh, Israeli officials and the PLO officials and of all places Oslo unbeknownst to the United States that reaches an agreement that shows great promise which we sign on to and support thereafter but again it involves a, a step-by-step process that is going to easily be set aside by this uh, this side or the other not being willing to do its part of the deal and being very, very eager to accuse the other side of not doing its. And, and certainly, as we see, uh, there, there are many steps along the way that, that, can, uh, that, step, uh, that uh, can be seen as, as negating the hitherto hopeful peace process but I think it may be more on target realistically to just suggest that in the, given the nature of this situation, the history of, 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 these, of these wars and half-wars and negotiations and breakdown negotiations, the only realistic solution is going to be one that pretty clearly sets out what the end game is going to be, sets out what the the final uh, uh, settlement is going to look like, and then maybe provides a little bit of time working toward that, but makes clearly that, instead of leaving a kind of a indeterminate uh, process for it to take care of itself, building up confidence and so on, which has certainly been demonstrated as not uh, likely to work. But again, keep in mind in terms of the overall framework I've suggested we try to work toward our, our understanding of this these 60 years the centrality of the Israeli-Arab uh, confrontation. From the start, right down to where we are today. Dual containment. 1993. Assistant Secretary of State uh, Bart Nindig announced, in effect, that we will no longer play this game of playing off sort of siding with uh, Iraq against Iran, or perhaps Iran against Iraq, this balance of power thing is, uh, lacks utility and uh, is uh, immoral, you could even say. He comes close to suggesting that as much. Uh, instead, we are uh, in a position, we are capable of being able to contain both and work to that end. Now, several things there. This all sounds very good but in a sense, as I see, again, an aspect of, of, of American policy that uh, is causing us trouble uh, throughout this period and right down to this day. Certainly, on the one hand, it is clearly saying, we are in charge, we, the Americans, are in charge. It, this is what has to be done. We are sort of mapping out an overall schema uh, there's not any talk about uh, uh, the, the need to work with uh, uh, our allies in Europe uh, with R- Russia and uh, China and India and others. Uh, it's our show. Uh, that's one thing that I think was almost unconsciously stated, but it, it's there if you if you if you stop and think about it. Uh, second, it sets out certain benchmarks, uh, which may just may. Uh, stand in the way of the kind of negotiated settlement that you would like to uh, uh, work toward. And third, in terms of just sheer old power politics, I don't for the life of me see the utility in, as it were, doing whatever you can to ease whatever fears Iraq might have of Iran or Iran of Iraq or whatever temptation those two might have to take advantage of the other. Why not just leave that in, in, in doubt? So in a, in a sense, this sort of centering out people who who are bad guys and, and, and we'll, we'll take it from there might be seen as a precursor of a, of a statement that comes even later, even more egregious, the celebrated, or notorious, I would prefer, 2002 axis of evil statement of President George Bush, the axis of evil being Iraq, Iran, and uh, North Korea. You could say at least it's, uh, it's up in the attic, adding, adding another third to it, but, but still I, 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 I see that as, uh, as a weakness. Another point, this is the period of time when what is, is going to be known to us soon as Al-Qaeda when a certain Osama bin Laden is already making news, when we are already attempting to uh, uh, catch him, uh, we are uh, forcing him out of Sudan where he was, he gets back to uh, Afghanistan and the like, he ought, he comes out with the first two of his essential would-be fatwas or, or religious rulings uh, saying, uh, in effect, that it is... Halal, that's the Muslim equivalent of kosher, that it is, it is correct, it is morally correct to combat Jews and Christians, Zionists and Crusaders, wherever they may be found. This is part of the doctrine uh, of the outer enemy attacking the, uh, as seen by the, is, uh, the Al-Qaeda, this is part of the, of the emerging doctrine of the utility of attacking the outer enemy, the United States, the West to some extent, but basically the United States, instead of the inner enemy, corrupt regimes, and as they see it, corrupt regimes in Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and elsewhere. It's a change of tactics. Now, getting down to something that we've discussed uh, uh, in our uh, email exchanges, this is, of course, what Osama bin Laden and his, his followers, Ayman Zawahiri and I, uh, Sadu who later uh, engages in all kinds of atrocities in American-occupied uh, uh, Iraq, including beheading of hostages and so on. Uh, this is clearly a, a radical, fervent religio-political movement. No doubt about it. This is a manifestation, this is a, 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 a use of Islamic symbols and, and the, the group feeling of, of, of Muslims there. Uh, it is a religious, religio-political uh, 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 movement, no doubt about that. At the same time, I think we need to keep certain uh, issues clearly in mind. First, skipping to a few years after this, and right on up to the day, there is consistent talk by this administration, by many uh, 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 spokesmen uh, outside of the, of the administration, and by most of the rest of us, of referring to this group as the terrorists. As Islamo-fascist, and of projecting them as if they are the duly legitimate representatives of most Muslims or most Arab Muslims anywhere and everywhere, and that is a point which I think is represents a, a clear misreading of what's taking place, of what's going on of the relative strength of this group that we now know of as al-Qaeda, who are clearly a danger. They have shown that in 9-11. They've shown that in, at, at Madrid, in London, and elsewhere. And they have a great potential for increasing in, in power and influence. They might even, one fine day, they might even uh, take over a government as they... They didn't really take over a government in Afghanistan earlier, but, but they had very good working relations with a government in one small, remote, hinterland country, Afghanistan. They, it's at least within the realm of possibility that a lot of things could happen so badly that there might be a al-Qaeda-dominated area in parts of Pakistan, which is already seemingly pretty well the case. But all of that said, I still insist that a more careful reading of our, of our entire period, right on up until the 1990s when we learn about, well, really the 80s, when we learn about Insolvene and the like, is we have badly exaggerated the numbers and influence and importance of this group to our own uh, uh, misfortune. I would even go so far as to say we, 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 this is not a war of terrorism. This is a police action done only through the efforts of sniffing out this or that uh, uh, suicide bomber here, there, and elsewhere by good old-fashioned police work. We are not yet Thank goodness! In, in a situation where this idea that there is a, uh, a, a a monolithic group out there, led by a certain Osama bin Laden, or perhaps led by bin Laden and Zawahiri and a few others, building on the uh, on the influence of this uh, of, uh, you know, of Islamic symbolism put into a surcharged political message. Is sweeping the board. That is just not the case. Now, that is not to say that they're they're they're, uh, uh, they're not a danger. Of course, they're a danger. But it, it's it's to sort of cut it down to size uh, and put them in their true uh, proportion. Let me just suggest a rather uh, gross comparison, or even better, contrast. They. Uh, the movement of these uh, Islamists uh, of Al Qaeda is not similar to Hitler's Germany dominating other people. It is not similar to communism, which had a major power, the, Union, the, the Soviet Union, and various satellites, plus people uh, who were devoted. Uh, to this uh, ideology and discipline and prepared to give their lives fighting uh, for the same there elsewhere. It is not that sort of thing. It is instead a, 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 a limited uh, terrorist organization that has still to this day, in spite of having increased its numbers as a result of our actions uh, in, uh, in Iraq, is still uh, a minuscule in numbers best handled by uh, police action. I put it to you that it's, it's very important uh, to keep that uh, in, in mind because uh, this uh, exaggeration of the strength, influence, capabilities of the enemy, and often put just in those terms, that sort of abstract term of the enemy, this uh, reads very badly what are the challenges that we are facing, which are severe enough. So I, I think it's important to uh, get over, to ask every time one uses that term, Islamofascist, uh, just uh, to sort of, let's, uh, as our English literature people say, let's deconstruct that word a little bit. Let's just see what's going on there. Uh, do you mean these are Sunnis against Shi'is. There's a lot of that, certainly. Certainly with Zarqawi. But there's also uh, certain efforts by al-Qaeda now to transcend sunni shia differences and say, let's have the all together. But it's not really governing things. And what really matters to this day uh, in, in power terms are the prevailing governments of, of the area and Iran, a very weak government propped up by us that's still working things out very poorly uh, seemingly uh, in Iraq the governments of Egypt of Jordan, and Jordan and so on uh, groups that are uh, Hezbollah and Hamas that certainly have their uh, are, are not, and not opposed to al-Qaeda but they have other fish to fry they have other things that they're working with we need to see a, the multiform nature of these different resistances uh, to us. And, 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 and uh, I think we'll um, I, I just will stop by saying uh, that the importance of getting over, getting away from these terms of war, has been so often pointed out, uh, 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 it's more nearly like a police action, terrorism, which is not a, uh, uh, an ideology, uh, but a tactic. It is a, uh, uh, and then we move on to that to understand the diverse nature and modalities of the various groups who are who are there and who are important who are giving us uh, grief and trouble. Okay. Then, 9-11 and the reaction to it. I would argue that uh, the uh, Bush administration's uh, policies uh, leading to the uh, an invasion of Afghanistan and putting down the Taliban and uh, scattering uh, the Al-Qaeda forces there was a an a to A plus operation. It was done effectively. It was done uh, uh, with amazingly limited uh, use of our own forces. It was it was done by uh, by rallying uh, uh, other forces there, and uh, in the process, uh, uh, we uh, achieved a really effective step along the way. Uh, to reverse the, the problems of, uh, generated uh, by brought home so tellingly, so painfully, uh, by the uh, 9-11 incidents. But, of course, we had the follow-up of the meetings to put together a government in Afghanistan under Hamad Karzai, under the Afghan poshtun leader Karzai, uh, was also done multilaterally with many uh, European uh, governments involved, just as there was a, a, an appreciable NATO involvement in Afghanistan from the beginning and to this day. Of course, it, it, it is clearly uh, the, the case that thereafter, we got off on another wicket, and were more concerned about... Uh, um, moving on to take on uh, Iraq, which ultimately uh, we did. Now, and of course, again, I we have to say with some dismay, things are just not all that settled. The Taliban are are re, uh, regrouping and showing considerable strength. The uh, the the government of President Karzai uh, is 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 fairly weak and. Uh, a, a considerable effort needs to be made to put things back together. As it's been so often commented, we sort of twice failed in the follow-up. Both the follow-up of when we, after supporting various uh, Afghan groups, including uh, the so-called Afghan Arabs there under uh, Osama bin Laden back in the 1980s, to successfully get the Soviets out of Afghanistan, uh, in the 1980s, and then, as in a sense, almost walking away, uh, letting the breakdown uh, occur and it brought into existence this radical Islamist Taliban government uh, that we then in turn overthrew uh, uh, years later in 2001. We walked away then after, the, after uh, relieving Afghanistan uh, of the Soviet occupation, and we didn't really walk away, but we didn't stay effectively enough uh, the second time around. At least that is the, the you might say, the received wisdom of, of, of most people today. Well, on to what has been discussed, argued, thought about on the minds of all, for at least the last three or four years, Why? Iraq. Why, following 9-11, did we choose to invade Iraq, to engage in a preemptive war against Saddam Hussein in Iraq? And I guess for the last time before I retired, I will cry wolf Or rather, more, point out that this is best reconstructed in terms of a group of people with policy aims in mind working and agitating for just such an action as our goal as within the few months after the first uh, Gulf War of 1991. Now Let's be clear on one thing. This is in no way some kind of conspiracy theory of why we did it. This group that we now come to think of as the neocons were certainly in no way talking behind closed doors or the, or the like or, or, or trying to insinuate these ideas into government covertly, clandestinely, secretly, or what you will. It was open public argument in the best sense of uh, open covenants, openly arrived at to, uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson here. It's, it's there on the record. For example, in 1996, two policy papers, one addressed to President uh, Clinton, Project for a New American Century, and another addressed to incoming Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel, promising, uh, calling for a clean break with the past. And in both cases, the part and parcel of this was the, was the felt need to take a more assertive American foreign policy across the board to be what, I, as I cited earlier, to, be, to become now in the post-Cold War period to become, uh, to assume the role of a benevolent global hegemon. And as far as the Middle East is concerned, to take on, to, to uh, get rid of the Saddam Hussein regime. Now, i put it to you that there is, that more nearly explains why and how we got into a preemptive war in Iraq more, uh, than the, cooking of the books of intelligence to make the case that, that Saddam Hussein is still uh, a danger and is still uh, engaged in producing weapons of mass destruction. That, as I see it in retrospect, is more nearly tactical considerations. It certainly won votes in the Congress and the like for uh, this. But essentially, uh, the, the effort to move in that direction in the first place is better seen as an as open policy, argued, presented, hammered out over the years by a, a discreet, small uh, group of people, including the neocons we know, including uh, uh, Donald Rumsfeld, uh, 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 many others, of seeing this as a, 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 an appropriate, indeed a necessary uh, way to, uh, to go. Um, the, uh, I would argue further that even if we had not put so much emphasis on the arguments that proved to be uh, incorrect, uh, false, <clears throat> that Saddam Hussein is still a a, a danger. Uh, and 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 working to produce weapons of mass destruction that he's got them already we have got those pictures that Colin Powell showed at the crucial uh, United Nations meeting uh, even without that given the, the the change in orientation brought by 9/11 the uh, result of all of this argument of the need to move in this direction the sense of uh, incompleteness and messiness concerning our whole relations with Saddam Hussein after uh, the first Gulf War that this is going nowhere uh, suddenly, eventually uh, sanctions are wearing down, sanctions aren't working that we would have found a way uh, to, to move uh, in that direction. Looked at from another perspective it is a classic example of something we perhaps don't pay enough attention to, of the way in which a, a, a group of persuasive people, working persistently and consistently, can shape the, the overall image of what's, uh, what, what's going on and what we need to do about it. And that mindset, once taken hold, uh, uh in the corridors of power it remains uh, a guiding one for a very long period of time uh, we are still we are only slow we are we are not really working out away from that in my, in my judgment well let's try just another uh, a quick look at it from a from a different uh, situation What's so wrong about a preemptive war against a, an atrociously terrible regime such as Saddam Hussein? Isn't this our mission? Isn't this something that is surely justified? Uh, we don't need to get into these kinds of arguments about its, its 1938 and Hitler, or that kind of stuff. That's nonsense, as I said. That is nonsense because we're talking about powers of a different order of magnitude. But what's wrong with preemptive strikes? Of course, I'd like to refer you to that wonderful speech, given ever so haltingly by, as it had to be, by Robert Byrd of West Virginia in the Senate, of simply talking the sort of the old-fashioned line of we just, we just don't go attacking people, nations, who are not an immediate threat to us. We don't buy this uh, preemptive strategy. We don't buy this global hegemon. In any case, I think we do need to keep in mind the way in which this, what I would call, militant surcharge Wilsonianism Bringing democracy and good things to the world by force. Uh, uh, we have, in my judgment, ever since 9/11, leading up to the uh, uh, effort against uh, against Iraq, against the war against Iraq, we exaggerated the opportunity, and we, because the opportunity was, this is going to suddenly break through all of these messy things that we've been talking about earlier throughout this course. Non-resolution of the Arab-Israeli confrontation, uh, the problem of, of, of keeping Iran uh, in, in, uh, in step and so on. This is going to be a, a diplomatic revolution uh, changing the whole contours, the political contours uh, of the Middle East. That was the dream. And like all dreams, it was uh, lacking in uh, realism. But, and we are now possibly coming out of that with the notion of let's get. Uh, many saying we never should have gone in, saying after the fact we never should have gone in. Very few said we never should have gone in in the first place. Not too many people and not too many people uh, Democratic candidates for president are making clear statements about the what, where we're we going from here in terms of uh, perhaps the next preemptive uh, war that now being rooted uh, against Iran. Uh, now, and just in the moments remaining, I'd like to just wind up with a, a few general statements trying to see, put in historic context, the entire 60-year period that we have discussed, 47 to 67. I call your attention back to my earlier article about Twice-told tales comparing and contrasting the period just before our period of preeminence in the Middle East, of, of Britain's preeminence in the Middle East of comparing and contrasting uh, the two, uh, to move on to, to set a few ideas about what it all means. As I said, we had a good sense as we moved into the Middle East in a big way following World War II of the need for change. We had a, a, a decided anti-colonial bias we, uh, pers- pers- uh, we 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 realized that uh, uh, one needs to get uh, to to deal with the uh, peoples and states of the Middle East with a with a with a, with a lighter touch to bring them in into a cooperative arrangement and, and the like. And yet, not surprisingly, when the chips were down, when this or that crisis came, we found ourselves even if sometimes. Kicking and screaming and reluctantly, we found ourselves siding with the forces of the old order. Deciding to overthrow Mohammed Mossadegh mm-hmm. and, and Iran for, as, as a principal example of that. Engaging in uh, clandestine uh, overthrowing of, of governments uh, 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 throughout, uh, throughout the period. Our very uh, up and down relation with the would-be regional hegemon. And keep in mind the way in which throughout this whole period we see uprising different would-be regional hegemons who by nature of their being would-be regional hegemons are seen as uh, necessarily to be taken down. At least a notch or so, or perhaps simply removed. Our up and down relations with uh, 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 Nasser's Egypt revealed very clearly the tension within our own uh, uh, activities and relations to that. Second, we put from the very beginning the idea of why we're in the Middle East, what we need to do in the Middle East, uh, within the larger framework of the Cold War confrontation between the Middle East and the Middle East. Uh, uh, between the United States and its allies and uh, the Soviet Union. But we did not really in any serious way change course in our overall thinking following the end of the Cold War. Or if we did, we simply said in effect, okay, it's no longer a, a, a bilateral game of two great outside superpowers for position here, but uh, it's still important to maintain effective dominance control over the whole area. Three, our record overall is not so good in unrealistic ideal terms of how states might act to react. Uh, in their diplomacy but I guess in fairness I think we'd have to say it's not all that bad compared to earlier performances of would-be hegemons, past and present in the Middle East or elsewhere maybe we get a, a grudging B- in crass material terms we perhaps even deserve a larger, uh, a higher grade. We did manage to guard our basic interest throughout these years, these decades, with a limited expenditure of diplomatic and military capital until Iraq. And then we have seemingly sunk into a quagmire as perhaps as bad, as that we faced in those many years in Vietnam. Another fourth point, Israel and the Arab-Israeli confrontation plays a very important role throughout this period. It is very much center stage certainly overwhelmingly demonstrably in the perception of all people concerned, and I would argue uh, uh, certainly in the actual activities. This certainly leaves open the interesting question of to what extent it might have made a big difference in our interest and our ability to work diplomatically in this region, if we could have somehow brought about, orchestrated a Arab-Israeli settlement earlier or later. Further on that point, I argue that looking at the perceptions and understandable policies of the of Israel on the one hand and the Palestinians and the Sarah several different Arab states intimately involved on the other, the chance of an orchestrated settlement, of an American brokered settlement, was almost nil until after the June 67 war. But as we move from that with a resignation on the part of, of uh, Egypt and Syria and Arabs, that an, an, an awareness that we are certainly not going to be able to reverse this whole thing. The best we can do is perhaps claw back to a, a reasonable two-state solution and, in the process, Egypt and Syria gaining what they lost in 1967. Plus the developing uh, perception on the, on the part of certain Israelis that, look, we cannot really hold on to this territory we captured in 1967 without becoming either a Jewish minority in a larger uh, 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 single state or engaging in, in uh, massive uh, expulsion of hundreds of thousands of people from the occupied territories and losing uh, Israel's any any claim to uh, to to being a, a liberal demo, uh, uh, democratic state or a settlement, and there has been, might say, in the background, efforts toward such a settlement that have come ever so close, as it Cap David and Tabah and. 2000. That just might be achieved at Annapolis, but again, if one looks at the modalities of the whole situation uh, throughout the, the let's say no more than the, than the last uh, two decades or so, if one looks at the uh, at the position of 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 um, the American domestic uh, political process, political scene, concerning not putting any pressure, even though it could be the most friendly, the most helpful thing uh, that, that could be imagined for Israel's long-term viability, of simply not putting any pressure on Israel to move in the directions of a two-state solution with a, a, a secure Israel. Secure in its demographic Jewish majority, uh, secure in its uh, uh, in its uh, uh, military prowess, uh, with a a a neighbor that would at least be reconciled to that, that situation and would surely ultimately uh, stop the, the kind of terrible low-level warfare. Uh, characterized by suicide attacks and, and lobbing of shells over borders from Gaza into Israel and the like. Even so, nobody ever looked wise predicting anything good about Israel and the Arabs, and so I guess I'm certainly reluctant to say that I have high hopes for Annapolis. but. I hope and pray I'm, I'm, I'm mistaken. There is, I, I, I put it to you, the poignant irony of the fact that Zionism's founder, Theodore Herzl, very much saw to the solution of the Jewish problem, as it was called, in creating a state of Jews that would be a normal state just like any other. And this has eluded Israel throughout its entire period. Its abnormality, not, not, not surely totally its fault, but it's the situational uh, uh, arrangement which makes for this abnormality it's still prevails, and the happiest, best answer out of that is some kind of solution. Uh, two final points. We could learn better the lessons of post-1958, when seemingly the bottom fell out of of American standing uh, in the Middle East. The overthrow of the Hashemite regime of, of of Iraq, the need to to bring in uh, our first military occupation uh, in Lebanon. To keep that government more or less shakily alive, but actually very quickly arranging a, uh, a settlement that uh, got us away from excessive support of, uh, of, of, the, of, the, of of a regime that just simply did not sit well with the prevailing interest uh, of the working majority in Lebanon, not to mention uh, the the Groups out, outside, but thereafter, and what seemed to be a, uh, uh, and what was in the normal calculus of these things, a uh, a major setback for America's uh, position. We found that suddenly, Egypt's Nasser and Khrushchev were calling each other's names, calling each other's names. They were uh, 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 that. We even began to realize in a, a National Security Council uh, paper pointing out that, hey, maybe we can work better stopping communism with these Arab nationalist regimes. And so we, 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 we saw and acted on the, uh, the, the home truth that sometimes in the Middle East, you have greater, you, you you can get more achieved when you are a little bit perceived as not totally engaged, as being somewhat out of it, and thus uh, needing to be looked to, courted, to be brought back in for balancing purposes. This, I think, is also something of the measure of the paper that I've assigned by, by the diplomatic historian Paul Schrader which also makes the point of one of the more important things in an effective diplomacy is not just to achieve victories but to learn how to cope with setbacks and Iraq has been a setback the Iraq study group offered a way of cutting one's losses and backing off from that we have chosen not to accept that to our great uh, misfortune, as I said. Finally, and this is, as I said in my last lecture, and I, permit me to use it yet again, this would take a national frontal lobotomy of American thinking, overall thinking, to be achieved, but we might consider thinking about the utility of being number one after all. Maybe it's a built-in uh, liability being perceived as number one or even being number one. Certainly it is better if we can be, you might say the ideal would be to be number one but not be perceived as such. And uh, perhaps we could move toward that. Perhaps we make too much of this idea of this thinking of the uh, all will be lost if uh, if Iran gets even further uh, uh, power uh, w- within the larger Middle Eastern uh, kaleidoscope right now. Uh, not necessarily. Maybe we need to take a careful look of the at the overall argument that i mentioned before, given that our among our needs to be strong and and to keep things from going out of control in the Middle East is access, is the free flow and access of oil. Not just for us, we're not, we don't need to, we don't have to, we don't want to have a monopoly control of the oil in order to squeeze other people uh, to pay whatever price we insist on them paying. In in, in diplomacy or money or what about it. That being the case, the protection of access to oil, making this a, a, a region more or less accessible to uh, the global needs, involves especially our effort to not appear as, to not be number one, and to avoid what is called in James Theory, the free rider syndrome of letting other powers, our European allies and others, have us do the heavy lifting of guaranteeing that free access to oil, when it is surely much better if we do like George Bush did in a different context of going so far as to see to it that the outside coalition uh, paid the bills for the 1991 war. Okay. I conclude, with, I conclude with a statement from Montesquieu, which is guided to a considerable extent by my overall thinking in this course. It is useless to attack politics directly by showing how much its practices are in conflict with morality and reason. This sort of discourse convinces everybody but changes nobody. I believe it is better to follow a roundabout role and try to convey to the great a distaste for certain political practices by showing how little they yield that is at all useful. Or lest I appear to be a completely amoral uh, individual. This from Hans Morgenthau. The choice is not between moral principles and the national interest devoid of moral dignity, but between one set of moral principles divorced from political reality and another set of moral principles derived from political reality. That's what I've tried to follow in sketching these 60 years. Uh, thank you for your attention. If we have a little bit of time for... Uh, questions uh, now, if you wish. It's all clear?
1: Yes. On my end, there was a discussion about the election coming up And the two sides were described as one being pro syria and other being pro west How do you see democracy in the country as a over where you have always this concern about outside problem rather than the living conditions of the community. Yeah. Well, often uh, we have democracy members trying to address such issues within uh, the views of that and the inclusion of outside power. They put away the part. Let me suggest that first one could well argue that a, the existence of different groups of different minorities, if you like, with a within a political community, can be under certain circumstances used as an advantage offered the necessity of decided to make that a strong letter. In 1943, Levin uh, coming out from the, as far as the Second World War, had a group of people, mainly like, the uh, Americanized Christians, who very much wanted to be part of, of the war. Certainly they did not want to be um, in a larger uh, Arab economy. state. resisted, therefore, any idea of being sort of Syria. The Syrian men uh, On the one hand, they, they weren't the, uh, at that time, I know, at that time, the Shia, they were the largest city in of the On the other hand, they, they were the, some of those most didn't want to be identified, wanted to be identified with yeah. the Arab wanted They to, to be part uh, the consortium of Syria. Uh, Two very uh, thoughtful, far sighted people, one a Maronite and one a certain Muslim, leaders told in their communication.
0: Secondly, they realized that,
1: uh, hey, if we put together a what came to be called a national fact one in which government will be assured and being be dominated by this majority of Arab Muslims in the United States It would be the integrity and autonomy of the state and Weberman But on the other hand, the grandmother <coughs> desired to be so much attached uh, to the west, uh, to the line of the west, uh, to the rest of the grandmother would be there. And the uh, two groups would build happily ever after. Well, they didn't quite build happily ever after. But I mean, that was a, a, a pretty uh, powerful, useful approach. Uh, another example of this would be outside working toward uh, working at uh, working at working at working at working at working outside of that was uh that of surah and in the 1950s they began to see these improvements when one group very much wanted to be in the region and another group very much more than anything other than that it could even possibly <coughs> being a part of the, uh, the british colony in search of not being in at a certain point of our degree, the way, the parties involved in getting around the state. Let's split the difference and we can have our own state. We agree not to be unified in mm-hmm. Egypt, but we will not be, it's so stupid, it's mm-hmm. so stupid. We can have a kind know, of state. We can work those things out. Certainly, if one wants to send us a cheating together, so that she was encouraged And there's all kinds of reasons. It seems to be being the United States not to be involved and appearing to resign over to abuse and breaking up on America. Second, if one looks at this Already up the poverty problem occurs. The difficult problem, to understand the Shia of Iraq will be, whether the in a political community, uh, uh, where it's not in Iraq, is that it will be a fellow Shia elsewhere in Iraq or whatever. Again, there is at least a potential at the same time. Uh, uh, but um, the difference not to do, not to do the election, She agreed to work within the framework already. the to be able to the and the facilities, funding, the that essentially is clearly a very good solution for and
0: all the lines the opposition. Yes? The uh, Reagan administration made certain to maintain the balance of power during the Iran-Iraq. And President Bush indicated, at least Margaret, that one of his major reasons for not moving on Baghdad was not to destroy that balance of power. I know you said the dual containment policy uh, on Clinton yep. Lord, abandoned that, but Clinton was very careful, despite all his military strikes against Iraq, not to take out Saddam Hussein. This administration clearly abandoned that. Now, I'm focusing particular, on Mumsfeld's decision to disband the Iraqi military after the war. What are they thinking about the balance of power? What do
1: they, maybe more, what do you think? Iran will do when we leave. I mean,
0: won't they just move in and take over all the Shiite areas? Uh, they will certainly not permit any kind of, of Iraqi polity that is antagonist, antagonistic to their interests they will certainly, I think, work to achieve uh, very close relations and quite possibly what could even be called uh, patron-client relations uh, 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 with them. I, mean, I have no, uh, no great brief for the, uh, the Iranian regime and, and I, I think they are, they are certainly, as, as much as the rest of us, are always eager to Sort of uh, push the envelope and, uh, and and get a bit more. I think they they, they are, are really uh, uh, concerned to uh, to achieve a a, a more uh, pronounced uh, role in the area, and that would mean quite possibly down the road considerable uh, pressure against some of these Gulf states uh, and the like, and and, and certainly uh, uh, moving in uh, to uh, they're wrong uh, that does mean it, it seems to me, that mean in other words the 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 idea of a certain amount of balancing uh, 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 outside of which the United States and others uh, would be if will, will continue to, to pay attention to is very is very definitely in the books that said I I, I do think the chances of very um, principally, if the present government in Iraq can put together a reasonably stable enterprise uh, that is at least minimally acceptable to the Shia, of course, they pretty well controlling it, but the Shia, the Kurds, and the Sunnis—something along the, the pattern of the national pact in Lebanon or the, the situation I described in, in, in Sudan is very is quite likely. Uh, uh, is that best done uh, through forceful pressure by us against Iran at this moment? I I think not. I think it's it's much better uh, done through a a a a a, a Support for the continued existence of the Iraqi state in its present borders, a a an, a, a ratcheting down of our presence and, and uh, 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 our presence uh, in Iraq and the area, and a a, a willingness to uh, uh, to uh, negotiate with uh, uh, with Iraq but. <clears throat> Does that is that unrealistic? Again, what I I mean you might say, a know, that I've argued throughout this this course is it is not unrealistic, it's really very realistic. This is not assuming that the Iranian government is made up of a bunch of good guys who are uh, who are, are, are willing to to see logic and so I I uh, bothers me as he does so many other people. But I, I, I do think if we look carefully at the record, we do see a, a very understandable, a very understandable Iranian fear that we are still planning to take them out. And uh, that uh, is certainly there in, in the background uh, of, of, of their thinking, and the more we can show that we are not going to let them, uh, let's say, take over the UAE or, or something of the sort, but that we are not looking to take them out is, would be a very judicious good gamble, which is also more cost efficient than and what we're embarked on right now. Yes? We
1: just described, you it as an attractive outcome in the interlock. Three groups were How would that ever happen to you out the same in power? I'm not trying not to make this a simple evasion question. My yeah. real question is, if you don't do the evasion, what happens if you run? Um, but that is a very important question. I'm wrestling with that myself. Let's just try to play with one of those things. What we uh, 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 Solid, and uh, and most places, just seem to me that, uh, um, especially so especially in a third world, uh, situation where our, voice action as like we do. They can cause such a, uh, a, a reaction, not only with it in the city itself, uh, but you have to we it's better it and uh, there for and At least, if you're going to do a preemptive form, um, do it right and have a plan what you're going to do. In fact, I feel a little better. I guess the you people know, I, I think, uh, I think frankly, uh, there's so much there's so, there's so many downsides that you can anticipate and a outside great power engaging in a preemptive war against a really grand uh, regional power that is better than a lawyer. Yes, sir? What does Protestant say about all this? I'm sorry? What does Protestant say about all of us? All of them? Awesome. Yeah. Will he stop the genocide? Will the world in, the United states are still there. Um, Would the that be a very for something like that? Right. Uh, well, we, we, we did move in, as you said, the world did move in, an do which is still more or less forward. This... Uh, uh, the a lot of ways, I'm also really in the direction of something that's sort of there on the horizon right now. Uh, and I think it's not to be in any way uh, dismissed. And that's the whole notion of humanitarian humanitarianism. And uh, it's twice the case between what we've failed to do and the we uh, uh, First word, bit, bit, of manner, of of I, I suppose I I suppose I would I would share it I'm not arguing I'm not I, I, I am arguing with I'm trying to be a little bit more certain, certain <laughs> but, uh, i still say, for any, every top have outside, action, genuine coalition, already. I mean, that's the recognition of Israel The U.N. wants to recognize the new country. Well, we do get Because have a responsibility towards that new country to it's in the end of September. And in this portable world, because if they're not going to do it. Would. Somebody else is. Well, but I'm wondering if it's going to because uh, Israel won the war. Therefore, it was actually a lot of anti All the parts of that partition So, there no If you talk about that, it it's very easy to behave from the police side, yeah. and then this is sort of, you black is emphasized, and I don't have to emphasize, What have these guys a deal with it? And, with the hypergroup theories of movements, don't be the whole world. Because, if you are going to have, Right and it isn't. I mean, I have never seen anything from the real conservatives suggesting that you do something about North Korea or not Korea or anybody else. the world of world, of world. And only it has been achieved, is the destruction of crime. Yeah. And the thinking, very one well, is released, including in world, just one very supportive of the is that this world will destroy art and the entire world. Yeah. Uh, that is, I could and the and there is that kind of perception. But this is the whole question, general world-class approval of political policy, or not? Well, yes or no, it, 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 it is certainly better to have a favor of this position for you, as I say, than to this, this country. Because it's a certain favor of all ways just jump into the situation, and because it we are willing to do this, that we should not be able to do this the perception and actions of people who are learning. Uh, I would insist on this point. Uh, this, this is necessarily much larger. Uh, I, a um, I, friend, Carolina, um, I think that uh, after uh, 9-11, my good friend Sarah Kelosi, a senior the the and uh, confessed that when they first heard about these uh, terrible uh, attacks on the Rockland Center, uh, uh, the Pentagon, his first lesson was, they had to come And then he said, and I was so ashamed of myself for what I said, but I mean, there is that situation there. There is no left over uh, the years. When I first came to the government, I wanted to be professional and everything British, the feeling that the British tradition called everything was the example of the broader.
0: natural big power to come in the whole thing breaks down in a civil war which is kind of what yeah. just American troops out. it's kind of hard to believe they all were that war well uh, let's look at this way. the uh,
1: Asia Jordan Saudi Arabia
0: are showing great flexibility on uh,
1: Israel is, uh, uh,
0: in order to uh, be prepared to uh, the Christians coming in a bit power. Well, got, of course, you've got the Turks uh, coming in from uh, the north, and the, the, and, and br- the, the Arabians way. coming in from the east. That's and right. The, and that's and right. I quite, the Syrians i not quite seen to be a big enough power to be that big that, a deal. That, right. and so, and so, it's, so,
1: it's, so they're offering... So